Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Katie, and I'm very excited that you're here. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast. I'm still blown away by how many people choose to listen to my podcast and support me in this way. And so you guys are all incredible and lovely and thank you so much. I will start off as I always do by telling you exactly where I am where I'm recording this. So it is Sunday, May 21st at 5 p.m. I am sitting on my floor and I've actually been recording for a little bit, but I keep kind of deleting it because it's not, I don't know, my voice has been sounding really weird lately or maybe I'm just kind of in my head about it, but I'm sitting on my floor, my back is hurting because I have no back support, but for the most part, this is a pretty comfortable podcasting location and I am so excited to jump into today's topic, which is going to be how to romanticize your life, especially thinking about it's coming into summer, we all want those cute pictures, and then bringing in kind of my thesis topic and some of my background knowledge about being a creator as well. I just want to give you guys my own perspective on what actually romanticizing your life means and then concrete tips on how to do that and obviously takeaways. As you guys know from my structured podcast episodes, this is normally how they go and I want to say that I will be basing a lot of this episode off of a how-to post that is up on my Instagram of the same title and it was a collaboration with Megan so thank you Megan I'll leave her handle down below credit where credit is due obviously thank you so much for writing up this incredible guide and without further ado I think we should just jump right into how to romanticize your life huge topic we always hear about this on Instagram and TikTok and Pinterest and we're like we want to romanticize our lives too what does that even mean and I think that what is written in this post is that, you know, mainstream social media has always promoted hustle culture. It's promoted needing to do everything all at once to achieve your dream life. And I think that when we're younger, we always ask, like, we're always asked, okay, what is your dream life? And it always starts with a job. What is the dream job that you want to achieve? What does your dream house look like? What do you, What is your career? How much money do you want to make? And this is all good and well and absolutely fine markers of success but in this society of capitalism where we are told that you know to be successful you need to be a ceo or a c-suite person and you need to be making a hundred thousand dollars it is an act of rebellion to realize that whoever you are and whatever you are doing is contributing to society in a meaningful way and just because your impact cannot be captured financially in the fact that you are making X amount of money a year doesn't mean that you don't have an impact on this world. So let's completely redefine the idea of what our dream life should look like and what our dream life should be. And I think it should be more focused on the day-to-day -day actions and how you feel and the relationships you have and that you build in your day-to-day -day life. <laughs> a quote that I love, but I'm completely going to butcher it, is something along the lines of how you spend your day is how you spend your life and that each day is exactly what your life looks like. And so if you're not exactly happy with how you're spending each day, how will you be happy with the life that you're building? Ultimately, I think that romanticizing your life is making the most of your day-to-day, -day, regardless of your situation, regardless of things that you cannot change at the moment, which could be, you know, the location that you're in, your financial status. 
It's regardless of these things, how are you going to make the most of your day? And I think that society and social media has shown us that self-care and romanticization has really been focused on buying materialistic things. It's treating yourself to that coffee. It's you know, walking to your favorite coffee. The only thing I can think about right now is coffee. So I guess it's like, it is just about, you know, treating yourself to a bubble bath or a beautiful set of headphones or even like going to therapy. Like all of this stuff needs money and it needs finances. And I don't think that romanticizing your life necessarily has to be based on purchasing something because even the act of going to therapy is still like a a consumption practice. It is still falling under the markets of capitalism. Do I sound like a crazy radical economist right now? Maybe just a little bit, but bear with me when I say that the true key of romanticizing your life is realizing that your day-to-day is special and that your ordinary is special. And something that I like to do when I'm doing any activity, honestly, but I think about this most when I'm on a walk in my neighborhood. To me, my neighborhood looks like my neighborhood has always looked. You know, the houses are the same and I know exactly where to turn left and where to turn right and kind of what the side streets look like. But if if you were kind of plopped into my neighborhood and you were taking this exact same walk, you would look around and be like, whoa, that house looks cool. I like that paint color. That is a very pretty tree. All of these things. Like, And what I think a key point of romanticizing your life is is looking at your life through the eyes of a stranger. And this is captured, I think, in the story that I'm about to tell about when Sophia came to visit me at college, which was a super fun weekend. It was jam-packed with activities. And these activities, there was like, okay, by the way, we are both 21. So these activities were you know, going to a day party and really celebrating, like we were having a lot of these senior parties, senior events, celebrating the fact that we were about to graduate college. And a lot of my senior friends at school thought that they were lame. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to day drink. They didn't want to, they thought that, you know, going down a water slide was gross and silly. But when Sophia came, these were people that she's never met before. This was a place that she was completely unfamiliar with. And this was like my life and my experiences. And so I decided that I really wanted to go and I wanted to take her. And it ended up working out, thank God. And she came and was like this wide-eyed kid at a candy store, for lack of a better term, and was making friends with all of my friends, really enjoying herself, throwing herself into all of these activities. And that energy was completely infectious. And I had such a good time because I was now looking at what I was doing in my ordinary as something that could be extraordinary. And I was looking at it through the eyes of a stranger and eyes of someone who has never seen this before. And that really showed me the power of my mindset because I could have adopted the mindset of my friends at school and been like, okay, it is kind of lame. Like it's kind of cold and I don't want to really want to do this. And the walk to the party is kind of long. Or I could have been like, you know what? Yeah, maybe the walk is kind of long. I mean, I'm saying that it was like a mile downhill it was really not that long but I could I could have been like yeah you know the walk is long that sucks or I could be like what Sophia and I were doing which was like look at this really pretty building this is where I took all my classes and like really kind of experiencing all that the walk had to offer and then when we got to the party we were meeting all of my friends she was so excited to be there and so excited to meet my friends and there was just like again this like wide-eyed aspect of it where she was making my ordinary feel so extraordinary and so out of the blue. To wrap up this point, 
What I say in this post is that the misconception is that you need to be living an extravagant lifestyle to romanticize your life and that your lifestyle needs to be incredible. You need to be hot girl summer in Europe or you need to have all of these things. And I think that an extravagant lifestyle, number one, definitely depends on how you define extravagant and how you define important. But also number two, it is completely a misconception because romanticization is all about falling in love with your ordinary and your day-to-day and the life that you already have. So the first tip is definitely just change your mindset. I know that is completely easier said than done and I want to put a disclaimer that obviously if you were suffering with like extreme mental health disorders as I once was, listening to someone say that all you need to do is change your mindset is the biggest slap in the face and I don't ever want that to feel that way. I am on on medication and I've gotten to this point in my recovery journey where the thing that I need to do is not shadow work. It's not talk about my trauma or talk about my childhood. It is really just being able to simply shift my mindset. But that has come with so much work and I completely understand that all of that work needs to happen. And if if like shifting your mindset does not feel good to you, take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and leave that point behind. The second point that I want to share is this aspect of main character energy, which again is a huge term that we use on social media. So I want to break it down for you because I personally love this as someone who just reads books all the time. It, The idea of main character energy really resonates with me. But the definition of main character energy or like how to embrace it is because like main characters in movies and TV shows or anything, they naturally attract and fascinate people because they're positive they radiate good energy, they are very optimistic, and they have an ability to seize the day. I think a funny point to put in is like, yes, we also do have unreliable narrators, which are also quite funny. But in this sense, being the main character is realizing that you create your life and that you are in control of your life. And Yes, you know, there are some circumstances that we can't change. And a lot of this like main character energy romanticizing your life can fall into the toxic positivity realm, which is not where I want to take this podcast at all. So there's a bunch of disclaimers. But with this main character energy, what I really enjoy is that you realize that you can control only up to what you can control, right? Like, as I said before, there are aspects of my situation right now that I can't control. I can't control that the weather has been kind of sad in the past couple of days. I can't control that I am stuck in my house until I move to London in September. There's a lot of aspects of my life right now that I cannot control, but what I can control is how I feel about these things and what I do. That was my wrist. Did you hear that? So something I did last summer was I created a bucket list. And this is like a bucket list for the town that I went to high school in. It doesn't have necessarily the greatest memories. I don't know if any high school town does, but it was a list of things that I really wanted to do. And it ranged from, you know, going to the beach and the beach is like 20 minutes away from me, or I really wanted to repaint my cabinet. And so I learned how to use power tools and like sanding and I repainted my cabinet over the course of a couple of days, or I wanted to redecorate my room. There was a lot of different things that I could do to to make the summer my own and to really be intentional about my summer. And so I think that being a main character 
is number one, realizing that like you are in control of your life. And then number two, always having the intention to do something that brings you closer to the life that you want to live every single day. Being a main character does not necessarily mean you can step on the toes of other people. I think that a quote that I really like, and I'm again going to butcher it, is like, you are the main character of your own story, but you are the side character of everyone else's. And realizing that being the main character doesn't mean that like you are the main character, period. Like you're the main character of your own story. Yes, absolutely. But you are not the main character in other people's stories. And like you have to realize that what you do and say affects other people. You are a side character character and like sometimes I like to be like I am the opening like title sequence character or I am the background character of some people's lives but realize that you are in control of your life and your life only but also that your actions will affect others I think that's a toxic form of positivity that like the main character energy trend does not address so yes you are the main character but no that does not give you free reign to be as crazy as you want to be The third tip that I have to romanticizing your life is the aspect of slowing down. And I think that this is kind of easier, but also kind of harder in the summer because I don't know about anyone else, but I feel like I'm both slowing down and also running around like a headless chicken in the summer. But a big part of romanticizing your life is the ability to be present in this current moment. And I think what I've realized, especially in college, is like I wish I could bottle up small moments and keep them as memories forever. It is so important to learn how to be present and to be where your feet are. And if you're interested in an exercise that I was taught by one of my friends, I talk about it in my previous podcast episode, so you should go check that out. But some of the things that I have written down is... To be present, you really should just spend a few minutes just focusing on your breathing and sitting in the silence. And for me, I really like to think about the five senses of a memory. If I can think about the way things smelt, touched, felt, tasted like almost, um, it will really help lock in that moment into my memory. Also, you should allow yourself to feel whatever emotions you're feeling in the moment without attaching any judgment to it. I think this is a little bit harder and definitely something that comes it comes with practice and something that I've had to practice a lot, especially in therapy. But being present means that you are just feeling what you feel. You are completely in the moment. You feel in your body. And that is so important. Then the, the last thing that I wrote is that you should give yourself the compassion to peacefully enjoy slow days and restful moments without punishing yourself for it. In our hustle culture, we think that if you're not moving at 10,000 miles an hour, you're not moving fast enough. And that is untrue because it is completely unsustainable to be moving that fast all the time. And we need these periods of rest. And so the ability to slow down and be present and then rest without guilt is also so important. Finally, my last tip that is like in this slide is to practice gratitude. And this is cheesy. Everyone always says it. But really, comparison is the thief of joy. When you start comparing your life to other people's and you're thinking shoulds and woulds, 
instead of thinking about what is completely in front of you. And as I said in the first tip, there's so much about your daily routine that is fascinating to others and your ordinary is extraordinary to others. And so once you realize that and you're able to be grateful for what you have currently in front of you, that is a complete game changer. And okay, I guess this was not the last point. I have one last point. My last point is to love your routine and to love your day to day because your routines can set the tone for how the rest of your day unfolds. And if you're interested in how I created my morning and my night routine, I have those how-to posts as a swipe post up on my Instagram, but you can even make the mundane moment of your routine be an experience by making them feel extra grand and special instead of something you just do. And something like I like to think about is if you're taking a shower, for example, why don't you use a shower steamer? Why don't you take, like sometimes I like showering with the lights off. I know that sounds really weird, but like the idea of just showering in the dark and showering completely without music, I mean, number one, it's really good sensory rest, but number two, it feels different. Like it feels like a jarring thing in my routine. And I think that so much of um so much of our daily life like why we think our life is boring is because there's no disruption in our routine there's no change in our routine and so the more you can change up your routine and the more you can make your routine feel grand the better time you will have romanticizing your life and i think about this in terms of going on vacation as well when you're on vacation the hotel soaps are super fun to use. You love trying everything. You're going to wear a bathrobe around around the hotel room. You're going to kick your feet up and watch TV. Like, why can't you do that at home too? The answer is, you can definitely do that at home. Buy a bathrobe, turn on the TV, try new soaps. Like, there is no reason why your vacation has to be more special than your daily routine. I mean, other than the fact that you're spending a lot of money to be at a different place, of course. But for the most part your daily routine can be as special as your vacation. And so some tips that I wrote down, I'm sorry if you can hear my dog barking, but some tips I wrote down is if you're going to the grocery store, why don't you put on an outfit that makes you feel good and then shop while listening to your favorite playlist? If you're making dinner, why don't you dim the lights and light a candle or set the table in a really fancy fancy scape? Sometimes, honestly, my sisters and I will just set the table really nice and we'll make like fake little menus and little like cards with people's names on it and really make it an experience and make it something that's not just something I have to do. Like we, I have to eat dinner, yes, but if I have to do this, why don't I try to make the best dinner that I've ever made? Or why don't I try to make it fun and make it like I'm eating out? And so we did that a lot over quarantine. Then the last example is if you need to get some reading done, why don't you go read outside and enjoy the sun or be in nature while you're doing your boring school reading? And that's something I did a lot, actually. When I was studying, I would go to the pool and I would bring my reading and I would like print it out and I would bring my reading to the pool and I would sit there in my bathing suit and suntan while I read. That's like very quintessential California. But the point is, you don't have to make every single thing something that is a chore. It can be something that you get to do. And that, again, goes into the mindset shift. So some simple actions, and then we'll get into the takeaways. But there are three simple actions that I want you guys to take right now or the day. Just write it down and book it in your calendar. Number one, you should date yourself. You should take yourself out on a date, buy yourself flowers, go on a solo date 
or just treat yourself to something that you've been waiting for for a while. Number two, be outdoors. You know, fresh air and some sunlight can do so much for your mental health. And this is from someone who was literally like, my psychiatrist said I had the worst brain he's ever seen in terms of depression. So this is from coming from someone who looked like a hopeless case, but like the outdoors can absolutely change your mental health. And I hated it when my mom said it, but it is true. It's also just a really easy way to get off your phone for a little bit because like looking at your phone in the sun, kind of hard. So why don't you just enjoy the moment, enjoy the sunshine and feel the toe, feel the grass under your toes or whatever. And then my last one is to try something new. So whether that's a new hobby, class, restaurant, experiencing things for the first time can be exciting and rewarding. And then ultimately, some of the takeaways that I want to leave you guys with, if you are still here, thank you so much for listening. But number one, like I know that the thought of being the main character or romanticizing your life can come with a lot of toxic positivity. And it can be like, you know, your life is so great. Why don't you just change your mindset? And that's not what I want to say at all, because I've gotten that advice when I was at my lowest and it felt like the biggest slap in the face. And if you're listening to this and none of this is resonating with you, please know that sometimes some of your energy really just goes to surviving and then it goes to healing, you know, your inner child and healing that trauma and working through that. And so if that is where your energy is at, then this advice is not for you. I don't want to ever diminish what you are going through and this is completely just not for the stage of recovery that you are in. If recovery was a timeline, I think there are three different spots. Number one is when you use all of your energy to survive. Number two is when you do a lot of the really hard shadow work is what people call it. And then number three is when you can actually focus on the present and focus on making the life that you're living right now the one that you want to live. And so this is for people at number three. If you're at one and two, please disregard this advice. It feels like a slap in the face. And at that stage of your life, it definitely is. So I just wanted to say that's one of the biggest takeaways, but really romanticizing your life is realizing that your ordinary is extraordinary. I hate that. Why do I sound like a movie character? That sounds so absolutely cheesy, but I just really want to tell you guys that it is so hard to have these mindset shifts and mindset shifts like this and advice like this can feel cheesy at first. And if you're not going to try, then it's not going to help you and that's okay. Like if that's not resonating with you right now, it is completely it is completely okay. I definitely understand that a lot of this feels like woohoo, like up in the air, but it is stuff that has helped me so much is realizing that like I have the power to change my mindset. I don't necessarily have the power to change my life completely 360, but I have the power to change my mindset and to create a life that I want to live. And I think something that I didn't talk about yet, but something that I've been thinking about in terms of romanticizing your life is this emphasis of society on showcasing that life that you're romanticizing. So whether it is, you know, showing people that you're doing cool things or like being able to take good pictures of the cool things you're doing like so much of thinking that you have a cool life is being able to document it and I think that realizing that the documentation of the moment and the moment itself doesn't have to go hand in hand like you don't have to have 
the most Pinterest-worthy documentation, like picture of the moment for the moment to have been Pinterest-worthy or the for the moment to have been good. So really just completely destroy this idea in your mind that to live a good life, you have to also be able to show it on social media. I know that's easier said than done, especially coming from a content creator where everything feels like content. I think I've had to realize and like slow down and really realize that like not everything has to be beautiful to be meaningful. Some other takeaways that I have is if you think that your life is a little bit boring, then just try something new or disrupt your routine in such a way that it feels new. And this could be by making your routine feel more grand or it could be by actually trying something new. And it doesn't have to be tied to finances. I know that the examples that I gave were like go to a new coffee shop or a new restaurant. It can really be like go on a walk in a different part of your neighborhood or try to press flowers. And I only say this because I tried to press the wildflowers that were growing in my backyard and they molded and got really gross. So if anyone has tips on how to actually press flowers, please let me know. But it could be small things that you do that makes your routine or your day-to-day feel different. And finally, I think that especially going into summer when we don't necessarily have a lot of things to do and maybe you're in this in this space that I'm in where you know you're in your high school town or you're in your hometown and you're not necessarily as close to the friends that you were when you were there because you're a different person now make a bucket list and make every single day be intentional and if you want you can document it it doesn't make the moment more meaningful though if you do document it but it is really fun just to have a collection of photos and videos of things that you've done over the summer that you have intentionally done to make the life that you're living now look more like the life that you want to live okay I feel like, I don't know, for some reason I was holding my breath the entire time. I'm always worried that I'm going to say the wrong thing, but I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that it resonated in some way. And again, please take what resonates and leave what doesn't. This advice is definitely not for everyone. And if it is helpful to you, I would love to hear about it. If you like this episode and you like what I have to say, you can find me elsewhere on the internet. I also have a newsletter and I give advice in that. It's called the 111 newsletter and I'll have that link down below for you to subscribe. I also have an Instagram, as I kept mentioning, with posts that are very similar to these. And if you want to if you want to support me and learn more about my own personal journey, I talked about my medication, about how I grew on Instagram, and a bunch of other topics that you guys are interested in, please consider subscribing. It is $4.99 a month and it really helps me out and it helps me keep this content free. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening and I cannot wait to speak to you guys next week. All right, have a good one.